Hello and welcome to Filmmaking Actually with Coralinda. I'm Spacey, here to introduce this podcast, which poses the question, what should you know about being an actor or actress actually? Cora recently interviewed an award-winning actress who knows quite a bit about this subject, Mary Jameson. Based in Los Angeles, California, her credits include films like Dangerous Company, Back to Zero, Welcome to Happy Valley, and The Second Coming of Christ with Tom Sizemore and Jason London, as well as the 21 Pilots music video for My Blood. Full disclosure, Mary has graced the screen in a few Space Dream Productions projects, including Cora's film Names on the Wall, available to rent or buy on Amazon Prime Video, ding, as well as the lead role in Cora's live-action slash animated short Bringer of War, which is available on our website, spacedreamfilms.com. The idea and challenge of acting, to take a character and turn it into something personal, to make people believe you are that character and take them on a journey, is something at which Mary excels at and then some. So if you want to learn the ins and outs and ups and downs of being an actor or actress from someone with a wealth of knowledge and experience, you've come to the right place. So enjoy. Hi, Mary. Hi, Cora. <laughs> Thank you for being here. I'm really excited to have you. Um, Thank you for having me. I am. I'm going to start dark. Um, what is your least favorite part of acting? But then what do you do about it? Oh, my least favorite part of acting is most likely going to be the audition process, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, because it's it is the most stressful thing that you can go through. And part of that is just because there's there's like a limited amount that you can actually control in the audition process, right? You can be as prepared as you possibly can. You can know that character inside and out, but really ultimately it comes down to whether or not they like you. And so when you go in there you know, all of us actors, we have a little bit of a ego issue, right? That we want to be wanted, we want to be needed. Um, and so when we go in there and and they they you can you can nail it. You can be like, oh my God, it was the best audition of my life. And then the first words out of their mouth are like, you're too Midwestern, or you're too of this nationality, or you're too short, or you're too fat, as we all, all of us women love, love to hear. Um, or even some of my friends, too skinny, you know? It's like, there's so many things that are out of your actual control and things that, you know, have nothing to do with your acting, which is the thing that really makes me angry is that when you go in and you think that as an actor, this audition should be about your acting ability, and it actually really half the time comes down to what you look like. And so I think that's the thing I hate most about acting is it's not all about acting. (laughs) And what do I do about it? Honestly, you just have to realize that you went in as prepared as possible. And again, there are so many things that are out of your control and you can't let it get to you. You can't, you can't let it be like, well, I'm not good enough. Cause that's nine times out of 10, not what it was. I had an audition recently where I thought I did really great. And they even told me, they're like, you were awesome. We loved your view of your character, but we've decided to go with a different ethnicity. And it's like, okay, well, I did great. You know, you got to pat yourself on the back with that. And you cannot let that kind of stuff get to you because ultimately that's not something that you can control, you know? And it's hard. It can be really hard. And, And like auditioning is a numbers game, right? So you go in and it's like, even if you're awesome, it's like maybe one out of 25 that you get, you know, if you're not awesome, maybe it's one out of 50, but at the same time, um, it's a numbers game. You just got to get out there every single time and you, you can't let the things you can't control get to you, which can be hard, but you know, it helps to have a good group of friends and other things in your life to kind of focus on when that kind of stuff happens. 
That is awesome advice. It's funny because that's something that like I always try to say in, even in the podcast, like when I'm talking about castings, like you can miss out on an amazing actor or actress because in your head, you imagine them a certain height or a certain thing. I mean, sometimes like if you're doing a chemistry read and you put two people together, like when we were doing the comic relief casting um, and there was one of the girls that was reading for Nova who was amazing. She just looked so much like you. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and we literally like we called her, and we read really well together too. We mm-hmm. did, but that that makes it hard. And that was the like that was the only time where it's like we couldn't have this other character look like a sister of the lead character. Like you guys just looked so alike. It was like yeah. distracting. But something like that is different than like, oh, you know, you're to this or to that or whatever. Like I feel like as a on the other side of the casting table, it's almost freeing to not be like, I need somebody who's this size and this height and this blah. And I can just be like, who is this character? Who is, who embodies this Mm -hmm. on the page? So until the entire industry changes, (laughs) um, keep, keep just reminding yourself that it's not, Sometimes it's not about you. You're amazing. And that's, oh, well, you know, you're biased, but yeah, (laughs) thank you. I mean, yeah. And I I do love watching um, shows that have um, people of all different, you know, sizes and and races, especially women, right? Mm -hmm. Like so many times um, I feel like just like any other industry, so many um, like men have been uh, the forefront as far as like race and stuff, you know? Um, But women, a lot of times have still been a certain size or a certain color or a certain, you know, whatever. And more and more, I feel like we're starting to see, like, actually I just, cause I was thinking about do, when we were talking about doing this, I was looking at um, some of the commercials I was watching recently. And I am starting to see women of different sizes and races all kind of like mixed in, which is great. There's a show called resident alien on, on sci-fi. It's like one of my favorites guy and Alan Tudyk in it. And he's just like, so, so ridiculously funny, but the lead girl in that, is Native American. And she's not a size zero, tiny, like little woman. She's, she's gorgeous, but she, she's, you know, like she's a woman, you know, she's curvy and she's sexy and she's, she owns it. And I love seeing her in that role um, because she is like, she's the lead in the show and she looks amazing and she's a fantastic actress. And um, I I love, I love sci-fi for doing that. You know, I was like, yes, you go (laughs) sci-fi. That's amazing. And actually a lot of women in that show, I think there's like one actually, like what you would think of Hollywood. Not that I want to, you know, shame anyone who's gorgeous. I think they should also get a, you know, a chance of doing as much work as possible, but let's mix it up, yo. Like, let's not, let's not create, um, you know, eating disorders just so that we can get parts in shows. Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. I'm all, you know, I'm all for that. I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, are you a good actress or actor? Do you look like the part? Does this tell the story? Great. Those are the yeah. qualifications. Yeah, I love, and that's what I. That's why I love working for you. You know, yeah, it's. it's I know that that's never going to come into play, no matter how bad my, <laughs> how many like cookies I've eaten. You're always, you're always willing to be like, I don't care, let's just do this part thing. So yeah, like yeah, it's it's awesome, and I think part of that too is working with a, a female director. Again, not to shame the men, you know, but uh, a lot of times, you know, we have a very, you know, very narrow minded way of like how they want things to look. And, and you as a woman can appreciate the fact that we all are going up and down and changing in life and all that fun stuff. And, and you can oftentimes look beyond that, you know, because you've had your own struggles, like, like all women have. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I mean, we met when I was acting like the very, yeah. 
little window of time. And I remember going through the casting calls and I would look for things in my age bracket. And then I would just look at anything because yeah. I was acting for fun. It wasn't like a, a thing. So I'd submit to whatever I could fit. But the amount of bikini body, beach babe, as the character description, like yeah. bikini ready, beach ready. Model pretty. Yeah. yeah. I saw that from the other side and it it really like, I'd always worked in production and then I was like, oh, I'll do some acting. And then I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> what? And I was, I mean, I've lost weight just because reasons, but I, I was definitely even curvier then, but then like the characters were very specific to like a certain type yeah. and it was like, yeah. so yeah. I think, yes, anybody listening, um, remember that you can only do so much. And if you don't get it, either production needs to work on themselves and do better about how they're casting or and you don't want to work for those people anyway. Exactly. Um, on the other side of all this, just to balance, what is your favorite acting moment, memory thing that has happened to you so far? So my absolute favorite thing um, that I've been able to do was my very first feature film that I ever got cast in. And that was working for a director named Tony Boss, who actually has the same kind of idea that you do that like women and men, he likes to, he like, he doesn't care. He doesn't care what you look like or who is, you're the right person for it. He, he will put you in there. And it, I got to, I got the lead in his film and it was about horses and family and like I'm from, I'm from a family in Wisconsin and like I've showed horses my whole life and so the fact that my first feature film I got to fly I was flown to New York and uh, we filmed on a farm in like upstate New York and I got to ride horses every single day and we had like a full-on film production and it was like oh my god I've made it I am in Hollywood like I got paid you know, multiple thousands of dollars to be on set. And it was like just the most amazing experience. And like every night, like you see these crazy stars and like we ate amazing food and it was just made me like, it was the kind of production that I wanted to be on forever, right? Like everyone felt like a family. Everyone worked really hard because it was still an indie film. It was still a small production, but it was still like a full production. And then we sold it and it's gone. It went all around the world. Um, it's crazy to see. It, it's like in Turkey and China. And um, I actually got fan mail from little girls in Australia, which was crazy. Um, and so like, it was really like my first glimpse into like real productions and stuff. And the fact that it was like involved with horses and, and you know, it felt really real. And um, it's kind of been one of the motivating factors for me ever since, because I was like, this was awesome. We're going to keep doing this. So good things can happen in this industry. And I've made friends for life. Like um, Tony, the director has put me in other things, but also uh, we just spent my birthday together in uh, at Disneyland uh, as part of like Club 33, which was insane. And it was just, you know, so yeah, it was, it was a great experience and just, um, you know, good, like I said, good things can happen in this industry. Lots of great things happen. Um, lots of, if, as long as you find like-minded people, you know, and um, it's just, it can be wonderful. It can, it can be life-changing. So. I remember that. That's the one that premiered at Warner Brothers, right? Like, at, yeah, yeah. We premiered at Warner Brothers. Yes. Oh yeah, you went. That's right. Yeah. You met my family. That's right. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. My mom to this day is like, I love that Cora girl. She's so wonderful. So. <laughs> Your mom. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's still on Amazon. So yeah, we just got it re-released, which was funny. Okay, go watch. Uh, Welcome, to Welcome to Happy Valley. On Amazon. On Amazon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> little plug. <laughs> little, little plug there. I actually forgot. We actually had pulled it because we were having um, 
rights issues because we like sold the rights mm. to it. And uh, so that could go like, cause we went to the cons world market and sold mm-hmm. it there. And um, the company that we sold it to went bankrupt and then, and then Sony bought them. And so then Sony bought our movie and was like releasing it without any of us getting any money. And so we had to do, like do this whole thing, but anyway, so now we've got the rights back. And so we're re-releasing it on Amazon, um, which is great. So. All right, go, go, go watch it. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, it's back out on Amazon, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I say that, and it's like not there. <laughs> I mean, I can check really quickly. It's like welcome to Happy Valley, welcome to Happy Valley. Amazon. Oh, yeah. Have, look at all the stars. Four and a half stars. That's right, yo. With sixty <laughs> reviews, that's really good. It's a fun movie. Like, it's definitely like it's not. I I have seen some indie features where you're like, okay, good job. But that one's yeah. fun. Like, I actually liked it. So I'll just circle back to um, what you were saying about uh, yeah. working with me. Because uh, the next question is, what are some things or even one thing that you wish all directors knew when working with actors? Like, what would you tell us if you could tell us anything? <laughs> what would you tell us to do? What would I tell you to do? Um, to not micromanage me as an actor. Because... I've been on sets where it's like, no, you need to put your foot here and you move your hand like this and you need to do this. And you, like, you're like, a, you're like a robot, right? You're feeling like, eh, 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 eh. it's like, say it exactly like this, move exactly like that. And that never comes out as something that is real or natural. And then it looks fake. Like it looks like you're acting, right? It doesn't look like an actually good story. And I get that sometimes the verbiage might not be exactly what you, what you wanted, but like you cast this actor to portray a character because you trusted and you saw something. And then that was the character that, that you envisioned. So let them do that, you know? Um, Cause sometimes there was, I, I was, when we were at, when I was at Sundance in 2020, mm. I was listening to a talk and a guy, a director said something very um, interesting. He said, there's three stories that you make, right? So, or three movies that, that you have. So you have the movie in your head, the movie that you write down as a script and the movie that actually comes out. And so sometimes the movie that actually comes out that is portrayed because you have all of these other minds now involved, right? As the actors and the cinematographer and all that fun stuff, um, the movie will change and it changes very organically if you let it. And I feel like it will change the correct way if you want it, or if you let it, because if you have someone who's micromanaging everything, it's stressful for everybody. And it's going to affect everyone's performance. But then also you're not going to get a real performance out of your actor. You're going to get a robot. And it is never going to be as effective as something that you would have had you just allowed them to create the character on their own. Right. And I will say for clarity's sake of people who haven't directed and because I have worked with you on several projects, there's a difference between giving a note or giving direction. Yes. like giving a line, like telling them, say it like this. And then you say it and you just want them to echo you or like, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I mean. I mean, obviously I, as an actor, I always want to know, I want to have notes. Like one of one, act, one director I worked with, we would do something and, and then he'd be like, okay, cut, let's do it again. I'd be like, okay, so notes, like, what do you want me to change? And he'd be like, no, same thing, just better. <laughs> 
better how, right? So there's there's definitely two ends of the spectrum, right? There's the director that gives you absolutely no direction, but makes you do it a thousand times. So you don't know exactly what you're doing wrong. And then there's the other note where like the director micromanaged every little single thing that you do, you know? So there is a happy balance and in between for sure. But same thing, only better does not help me, you know? <laughs> We're going to be here all day if, if you're going to, same thing, only better. Right. So then you're like, well, I'm just going to keep doing the same thing, you know, like whatever. <laughs> tell you, tell me to change and I'm going to keep doing it. So um, there's definitely there's 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 definitely spectrums or like different ranges there. So for sure. It's like telling a graphic designer, I like it, but can we use a different font? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Which one of these 75 billion fonts would you yeah. make? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's always fun. Always fun. Same thing, only better. Yeah, same thing, only better. Okay. Um, uh, so, um, uh, you mentioned like the script phase a little bit. What are some things, or even one thing, uh, you wish all writers knew when writing for actors? Um, every when it happens in your head is not the same way it's going to come out of a stranger's mouth. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, and, and I get that this is your baby and it came from your brain and you wanted it said exactly this way with this verbiage, but sometimes your verbiage doesn't make sense. Like sometimes that's actually not how people talk, you know, and they get so mad and I get it because I have written stuff myself. And so they get, you could get really mad when you're like, well, no, I said the before this or, you know, and it's like, that just doesn't flow as well as if I say it like this, you know? And so sometimes the things in your head doesn't actually make sense. <laughs> and just kind of, and the thing is the same thing is, is like with the director, right? Like let that actor feel those words, let them figure out how they fit in their mouth and how, uh, which sounds weird, but you get what I'm talking about, um, feel how it actually like comes out. Cause it might be slightly different and give us a little bit of creative freedom. Um, I'm not saying that we need to rewrite the script every line, but allow us a couple verb you know, changes here and there and uh, don't get mad. Because again, I've been on set where it's like, the word you're supposed to use is this word exactly. And you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. it doesn't flow, right? Like it doesn't, and then you get hung up on the line and then you have to do that take like 17 times because that line just doesn't make sense to your character the way that it is coming out, you know? So just allow us a little bit of freedom. You know? <laughs> I'm not saying we get a, we get to rewrite the whole script, but just a little bit of flowy freedom would be would be nice. <laughs> That's amazing. I remember um, when uh, at a, a, a different Sundance panel, um, there was a director saying like, as the director, you need to know the material so well that if, and, and she mentioned like she was working with like an Academy Award winning actress who was like, I don't understand the scene. Why do we have the scene at all? It's stupid. Let's take it out. And she was like, okay, well, and she explained it. And the actress was like, oh, okay, never mind. Let's do it. So like, it has to be a conversation. But on the other hand, like, I mean, you know, we do table reads for that exact reason. Because when you hear somebody saying it, it's yeah. like, mm, no. And then you like fix it before you even get to yeah. set. And I love, I mean, for me as like a writer director, I love um, like there's times where an actress or an actor will say, hey, this thing. And I'll on the one hand, I'll be like, actually, the reason that word is so important is because in this other scene, someone says something else that is that word and we need it to connect. Mm -hmm. um, and then yeah. it's like, oh, that makes sense. And I've also had stuff where like, whether it's the blocking or the dialogue or whatever, and um, uh, the actress is like, I just, I don't, um, you know, she was super respectful, uh, like pulled me into the room and she was like, I just, 
I just don't feel like it just doesn't make sense to me why my character would be doing this. Like it just feels weird. And she said, I feel, and I, and I asked, I said, okay, what do you think she would do? And she said, I think she would do blah, 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 blah. And, and, and she said, why? And I was like, okay, so that's brilliant. Um, so that's what we're doing. (laughs) And we just went back into the room, like into the, we were filming on the court. Not every director is that willing to be as humble as you are. A lot of directors are like, this is my dream. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. (laughs) I know, you know, there's not that it's, it's, a, it's a sign of a great director that you you listen to your, not only your actors, but like, you know, just other ideas that pop in there. And I have been in table reads with you before where we have questioned this out of the other thing. And you've actually said that same thing, like, oh, well, this word plays into this later. And you're like, oh, okay. But like in the most recent one, I remember there was like a typo or a word that was wrong. And like an uh, actor had said something and like, that word doesn't make sense. And then you're like, I'll make a note. I'm making a note right now. You yeah. Know, like that. So yeah, I think table tablers are definitely handy with that. Like if you can get your whole cast to sit there and read it out um, and take, make suggestions, I think it's really helpful. Um, yeah. And even if you can't get the actual cast, like for the last one that we did, yeah, I think the last one we did, we just had you come in as like a stand-in actress, not stand-in, but like as a mm-hmm. reading actress for the... It would be perfect for that part, but yeah. It would be though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Don't just throw me in there. Throw me in, coach. Throw me in. I'm perfect. Um, You are. It is is funny, like, when it comes to casting, because, like, on the one hand, you know, you want to be aware of diversity and you want to make sure that, you know, like, you sit down and look and, like, have all the headshots in front of you and, like, is, am I looking at a wall of the same color? Like, do I need to mix? Do all these people look the same? Are all these people physically the same? Like, should I be mixing this up a little bit? And, and the answer is usually yes, right? Like if you have to question that, yeah, yeah let's fix it up, right? Yeah. The world is a very colorful palette. And maybe you have to run another round of auditions. Like I've done that. We did that for, for Comic Relief for Hayden. I, we got yeah. to the end. And I was like, we had some good options, but it was just kind of casting us into this corner. So we did another round of auditions and we found yeah. someone who was better than like, I was like, oh, this person was good. And this person was good. But then we ended up casting Anton and he's like, is he still in it, by the way? Because he yes. just got done doing Legacy. Yep. He just wrapped. Like, Legacy, oh my God. If no one is watching this show, everybody go and watch Legacy so you can watch um, our lovely, lovely yes, little man. He's beautiful. His girlfriend's also in it now and she's gorgeous as well. Um, and he's just fantastic. It's literally like Dallas, like the mm-hmm. show Dallas, but like set in South Africa. Yeah. And the accents are fabulous and the costumes are ridiculous and like the money is just amazing. So go watch Legacy because it's bomb. Um, <laughs> if, if anybody out there is isn't watching it, you should watch it. It's fun. Anyway, <laughs> if you like if you like daytime soaps with a little pizzazz, it's, and, it's and fun. He's so good as an actor. He's so like, good. He's so good. And I'm so thankful that we did that because if I, if Not I had he's just... so good though, he's an amazing person. He's so nice. Like, yeah. and so supportive of other actors. Like we, me, him and me, him and Alyssa got together and did like, um, just like a run through. Remember you were there. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah. you came in like video. Yeah. Um, but before you got there, we ran through it a couple of times and he was just so incredibly supportive and nice. And just like, I was like, I just want to snuggle you. You're just like the nicest guy ever. Like he's so beautiful and so talented that you're like, you're like, this guy's got to be an a-hole, but he is the nicest person. I just like Florida every, every single time that I um, have any sort of reaction or interaction with him. I was like, this man just so lovely. Just stop. <laughs> and that, and that's the thing. Like if we hadn't taken that one, wh- literally one extra round of casting, we never would have found him. Like not, we didn't find him, but like we never would have connected with him. We never yeah. would have auditioned him. We never would have had the opportunity. I never would have had him in my life. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, it's, it's amazing what you can do with just that one, just going, okay, let, let's just do one more, one more time, one more. Yep. And then there also is the problem of like, beyond the creative, you have to have the production side, you have to have the money taken care of, meaning you have to have a business plan and have monetary value, which means having some sort of name, but can you afford the name? So what parts do you give to the names and what part? And it becomes this like, honestly, it's the only part that I feel like I really need someone else to take over for me because in my own head, like balancing the finance and the business strategy and all of that with the creative and the story, it's really, it's a really hard line to walk. And I feel mm-hmm. like it would be mentally relieving for me to be able to have that conversation with another person Yeah, where I can just, cause I fight so hard for the story. And then I have to like fight with myself to remember that the business is important too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, it's a, it's a whole thing when it comes to casting. Um, yeah. but back to my questions. So, um, what are some things or one thing or, at least five things that pretty much every actor <laughs> should know about the filmmaking world, like set a kit or rehearsals or auditions or prep or reading or like what parts you like any, anything like what are, if you could like do a, a cliff notes, two minute Ted talk to actors about the most important things to know about in this industry, in this industry, what would those be? Uh, one, it's a really small industry. <laughs> I know it might not seem small, but it is small and you never know who is going to make it or, you know, take their career into a certain path. And so be nice to everybody, be nice and be respectful and be grateful. Um, Not just to be like, oh, I'm grateful to be in this room, but like, really, you you should be because you could be talking to somebody in the, in the um, audition room, like waiting to go in who decides, Oh, I'd actually don't want to act. I'm a screenwriter or whatever. And then two seconds later, you're a total mean person to them because you think they're competition. And the next thing, you know, they sell a screen play to like NBC. And if you would not just not like, the thing is, is I don't want you going in there thinking like, Oh, I should be nice to everybody. Cause they could do something for me, but like be genuinely a nice person because there's no reason there's, there's enough work for everybody, really. If you are good enough and you put in your time and you put in your work, there is enough work for everybody that you don't need to be a mean, manipulative, like nasty person to get ahead in Hollywood. And actually it's the more nice you are, the more you get ahead in Hollywood because people remember you. And if you're on set and you say, thanks to your makeup people and you're like genuinely know that they will, they are the people that make you pretty people. Like be nice to these people because they can make you not pretty and just be like, Oh, I don't have time. You're not like get on set there. You know, you just never know where this, this, this career is going to take people. And so just like be a genuinely nice person, like choose to be nice, you know, um, come prepared. I cannot tell you how annoying it is. If someone comes to set and doesn't know their lines, like I have spent, so many days and hours and all that fun stuff, like learning my lines and being prepared. And I have showed up on set and the lead actor has not bothered to take the time to learn the scene with me. And now it's like, now it takes all like extra time out of the day. Um, The scene isn't awesome because they don't know the lines, right? Like I can do as much as I can and, and like do my part well, but if they're not interacting with me or they're not having, if they don't know their lines, it's kind of hard to have a great scene, right? So it's, it's a way to show respect for your fellow actor is to come prepared, not just for your fellow actor, but everyone 
everyone in on 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 set if you come and you're prepared you are showing that you give a crap about this and that you actually believe that this it like this is your job right you're not doing it for fun this is your job and part of being in a career is you come prepared period you also need to make everything that you're doing in part of that production as a priority right so if you're supposed to be at an audition you show up at an audition looking like a professional and you show up at an audition prepared, not, oh, sorry, I haven't had a chance to read the, read the lines. So it's basically a cold read for you while the rest of us have spent hours getting ready. And it's just disrespectful, right? So choose to be nice to everyone in the production, choose to be nice at every part of the production, whether it's auditioning, um, you know, coming in for a second cast, casting call, um, being on set or getting fitted. Because again, you never know where people are going to be. And then come prepared. Like, that, that, I feel like that shouldn't be, shouldn't be that hard, right? Because like, those are, if you were to think of any other job or career that you're going to want to do, if you want to be a banker, if you want to be in real estate, you're going to come prepared and you're going to come looking and acting professional. And you're going to be nice to your coworkers. And this is the same thing, but it's something that I see over and over and over again with people in this career is that they are not prepared. They're not acting like a professional. Um, and, and I don't know why that is because this is a career. Most of us have invested our lives in this career, not to mention thousands of dollars for like headshots and all that fun stuff. So I take this career very, per- like very personally as very, you know, it's like my first priority and for people to come and they're just very flippant about it, it's, it's insulting to me. And I will tell directors and I will tell other people that, hey, FYI, like not to be a tattletale, but like, I don't want to work with this person if this is how they're treating people behind the scenes, you know, because yeah. I've also worked with people who are really nice to the, to the face of the people that matter, like the producers and the directors. And then behind the scenes, they're yelling at the makeup people, you know, they're refusing to come out of their trailer. They're just being super drama about it. And like, I'm going to let people know about that. Like, I'm gonna be like, I don't want to work with her because this is what she did behind scenes, you know? Like, I, I worked with an AD once who was a total, total meatbag to me, like, when he, when he wasn't in front of the director. And later on, I was like, I don't want to ever work with him again because this is how he treated me. So, you know, be nice. Be nice and be professional like you would any other career. It's funny because I also remember, um, I'll shout him out because he's doing, doing awesome now. I remember when we, were, when we were working with Dan Tiffany on a yeah. nights. Right. And he was like a PA and he just graduated film school and he's like starting and doing his thing. Yep. Up. Yep. Super cool guy, you know? And if anybody, like I, I literally had somebody once practically throw me out of a party because I said, I met the person I was there with as I was PAing, And I happened to have been PAing as a favor. I had, I was a working production designer who literally was like throwing a bone to a friend. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do this. And then when this person's manager heard I was a PA, they like physically would like push me out of like conversations, like stand like, so I, and I was like, and I asked, I was like, what's going on? And she's like, it's because you said you were a PA. And I think about stuff like that. Cause then like Dan, who, you know, he's just a PA, he's doing this stuff. And then he's like getting kind of busy and we had to reschedule on him on the show, which was really sad. And then now he's like, like an Emmy winning producer on television. Like he's doing them. And it's only a couple years later. Like this isn't like, you know, it's not like, yeah like a lifetime, like it was within years. He's like on the Emmy Mm -hmm. red carpet as a producer of like television shows. And you never know if you can't do it just because being kind should be a baseline for humanity, then use your self-servingness to be kind because it will only benefit you in the end. (laughs) Right. Just choose to be kind, especially like at like this whole post pandemic kind of thing. Like Mm -hmm. we've all been through a lot. Um, And also just remember that this production is not about you. 
<laughs> not about you. It's actually not about you. You might be the lead and I have been the lead in multiple things and it's not actually about me. It might be about my character, but I, it's, there's a billion other people working on this, this production. And there's a billion people working on that production before you even walk on. And you wouldn't be there if you didn't have makeup. And if you didn't have wardrobe and all of the production guys, all your gaffers, all your, like, be nice to them because they will make you look bad with bad lighting, you know, they'll mute your butt if you're being like, whatever, like I've been, I've, I've been on the other side as well, like done production and, um, watched how actors treat the people on the other side. And I was appalled. I was like, I've never done that. Right. Like I say, thank you. And I don't talk crap about people in the bathroom with my mic on. Like, let's not do that. FYI, the mic stays on when you go pee, FYI. Um, unless you're not, if, unless you're smart enough, you can actually remind your um, mic guy to, to undo it. But if your mic guy doesn't, so this is actually a great example of this. So I was on set with this one guy who was just, he, everything was about him, right? He was late for everything because he had all these other productions going on, blah, blah, blah. It's always about him. So um, he was really rude to the mic people, like just you need to make me now where this isn't fit, like, blah, 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 just, you know, just being super drama mama about it. And he went to the bathroom one day and as he walked off set, cause I was, um, the produce, like I was a producer on the set. And so I was like, Hey, you, you forgot to un- like undo the mic on, on him. He's going to go pee. And he goes, I don't care if he's not smart enough to remember to take it off. Not my job. Like, he was like, so like everybody who had like listened to him pee and then he went in, in there and he was like talking crap about, uh, I want to say it was like the cinematographer or something like talking crap about the cinematographer. So you best believe that he had a lot of stuff cut. Uh, a lot of stuff ended up on the uh, cutting room floor there and he definitely did not um, make any friends in that. So, you know, be nice to all the people, all the people, whether you think they're big or small, be nice to all the people because they... They control everything. <laughs> uh, it's so true. Um, so on the other side of that, what are some red flags that actors should look for in the casting calls or the audition process? Because it can be a rough world out there. And what are yeah. some signs that maybe this project isn't one you want to be involved with? Um, if they ask you to do nudity in the actual audition, don't do that. Um, <laughs> and if ever it comes up to the point where... Um, Cause I know sometimes like I've been in auditions where, you know, they let you know ahead of time that, Hey, there's going to be a sex scene in here. Like, are you comfortable with it? That kind of thing. But I've also been in some shady auditions where they ask you to play out said sex scene. And that is a thing for you to be like, no. And then as a woman, FYI, if you have to take off your clothes in an audition, you need to have a representative there with you. Like it can't just be you and a um, director quote unquote. Um, and they're like, okay, so we're going to like, you know, do the nudity thing right now. Um, and which has been asked and actually according to SAG is legal, but you have to have a representative in the room as well, you know? So just be really cautious in any of those kind of auditions, especially women, but men too, like they ask men to do weird things in auditions as well. And if you like trust your instincts, if you feel uncomfortable, or if you think at all, this is shady, get out of there, just get out of there. Um, also, there's a lot, especially in LA, but I know uh, across the country, we're doing films all across the country. Um, if you were driving up to a place and you're like, I'm going to do an audition in someone's apartment, don't go there. Like, don't just don't do it. It's one, it could be a legit audition for something, but it's not going to be a production that helps you. Okay. Like you might make a five minute short, but 
I mean, that's not going to be something that really helps you, right? You want to choose um, projects that maybe not ones that you make a lot of money ones on, but ones that start out legit, right? So you're in a casting room you're or you're doing like a Zoom casting call, whatever that is, but you want to make sure that these people are actually legitimate, you know? So they give you the sides ahead of time. They give you a character breakdown. Um, money for me is always a big thing. I've done a lot of stuff for free and... Um, over that, right? You should be paid what you're worth. You know, you might not always get your like SAG pay, but you still should. A lot of times actors are just expected to work for free, which, and then the crew is paid. So it's like, Ooh. um, uh-uh. how is the crew paid? But the cast, we're just expected to work for our, our cause we want to, you know, cause it's, it's for our craft. We should want to work for free for our craft. So if anyone in the production is being paid, actors should be paid as well. So those are just some kind of like red flags, right? Trust your instincts for sure. And make sure that the production is starting out legitimate from casting on. Because if you are auditioning in someone's apartment, you can guarantee it's not going to be a legitimate production. And you're going to waste time and try and figure out like shuffling this with your job. And then it's going to come to nothing. And so um, you'll get an experience, maybe a learning experience from it. But like, just avoid anything that seems shady from the start and um, protect your butt. Like don't get naked for nothing. Literally protect your butt. <laughs> Literally protect your, protect your areas, people. Like don't get naked for nothing. That's, I mean, I, we've definitely done like, you know, 48 hours or like we're doing this little film challenge thing where nobody's getting, like we're paying gas for doing IMDb credit, but like it's- and, But no one is getting No paid. one's They getting also paid. know ahead of time yeah. that, hey, this is a 48 hour film project. Here's yeah. the breakdown of what a 48 hour film project is. Yeah. This yeah. is the reality of the situation that you're agreeing to come into at the beginning. Yeah. And yeah. that's very different than some of the projects that I have <laughs> been um, when, in my youth. We'll say what is in my youth. <laughs> I definitely learned from that. My youth is when I first moved out to California. So yeah, just, I mean, have all of that information ahead of time. Know what you're auditioning for um, before you go and audition for it. Don't just say yes, because they're like, oh, here's this casting. You know, get all the info up front. So I don't know if I ever told you this, but I actually auditioned for a topless scene once. Um, oh, I've done a, I've done a dozen of them. I can't even, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, like, but like, I don't think I even told you when it happened. So um. I, it was with this guy um, who apparently remembered me from working on Don John. And wow. when I walked in, the the like the casting assistant or whatever came to get me and she's like, oh, the lead knows you. And I was like, wait, what? And he was like, she was like, yeah, he was like really excited that you're, that you're auditioning. And I was like, and I went in and it was like the star and me and like the, like the director and the network, like it was like a table of people. There was yep. like men and women and like everybody. And for part of it, um, because it was like, it was almost like a chemistry read at that point. And they mm-hmm. were like, would you be comfortable if we turn your cameras off with all of us here? And they're like, like in the room, would you be comfortable doing this scene? And I said, yes, because it, I was like, I, I knew who the actor was. And like, I already yeah. worked with him. Like I knew enough to go like, okay, fine. And it's legitimate enough that you have the network there. And they said they take, but, and they turned the camera off. Yeah. That's a big exactly. deal. Yeah. And Flip side, I went on one of these like random LA casting auditions and I get to the audition and it's a guy's apartment and there's mm-hmm. nobody there, there but him with his mm-hmm. camera. And mm-hmm. he wanted, it was like some, like, it was like an art piece and he legit wanted me to like get naked. Yeah, no. No, I actually went and auditioned in Van Nuys. Uh, heads up people, lots of porn is done in Van Nuys. Um, so if you're getting an audition on Van Nuys, go, but just know it might be something porny. Um, and I went and it was, it was at an actual casting thing. And then, uh, they did not give the slides ahead of time. 
which made me already like, what is going on? And so they're like, oh, your signs will be given when you get there. So I get there. Of course, there's a room full of women, all beautiful women. And I'm reading the sides and it's essentially a sex scene. And so I was like here, I was curious. So I was like, no, I'll go in. There's a lot of like moaning and like, oh, oh, oh. Um, and I go in and they're like, okay, so here's the deal. An alien has come down and like, they're describing this whole like alien scene. And they're like, they're like, and you decide that like, you know, he's so beautiful that you're going to blah, blah, blah. And I said, what is, what, what network is this for? Cause it said network jobs. So I was like, what network is this for? Yeah. It's one of those like whole HBO soft core porn things. And I was like, you guys should really put that in the posting. And they're like, well, we really feel like it, it makes people like not want to come. I was like, you think? <laughs> I called my agent and I was like, what is happening here? He's like, well, that wasn't in the posting. I was like, next, just don't send me to Van Nuys. Like, I just don't want to audition in Van Nuys anymore. Okay. Um, so I was like, you know, respectfully, I'm going to decline, but I really appreciate you calling me in, especially because the, the, the place was full of these gorgeous women. So I was like, the fact that you called me in on par with these chicks, like, I'm going to say thanks. Um, but I'm going to, um, duck out gracefully and head that way. So, yeah, I mean, they were really nice about it and they, I think they had it, had it happen a lot, but, um, it's definitely, um, like I say, no, before you go, man, no, before you go. It's one thing to make the like educated decision to go for that stuff. And if if you want to go for that, so go for it, girl, you do you boo. I don't care. Um, (laughs) but again, you should know what you're getting into before you get in there. Agreed. Um. And that's it for part one of this conversation between Cora Linda and Mary Jameson. Please be sure to check out the next episode for the conclusion. Um, just so you know, we are on Patreon. That's at patreon.com slash spacedreamfilms. Uh, you can continue the conversation there and get all kinds of access to all sorts of fun and amazing things for a very, very low price. Okay, that's it. Bye. You've been listening to Filmmaking Actually with Coralinda, Space Dream Productions podcast. Subscribe to us on any or all the podcast platforms, but we especially recommend our sponsor, Anchor. If you like what you hear, leave us five-star ratings and positive reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. It helps more listeners like you discover the show. But the best thing you can do if you really like the show is tell a friend. Want to leave a comment or ask a question? Email at filmmakingactually at gmail.com. This is Spacey speaking, and do you know why Jenny Slate would be Christian Slater in a foot race? Because Jenny Slate, but Christian Slater. And we'll see you next time.